0: Elon Musk is in the news. Moments after taking over Twitter, he tweets an article about an alleged love tryst between Paul Pelosi and his underwear-wearing hammer attacker. Yeah, nice job, Elon. You're trying to set the bar on acceptable uses of a tweet, and you become the poster child for the you should censor idiots" crowd. I mean, come on, I get why the facts look bad, right? I mean, you got Paul Pelosi in his underwear, and you have an attacker also in his underwear, and then you have a hammer. I mean, of course, it doesn't help that you also have the Pelosi name, which is synonymous with fake news. At least, I think I heard that somewhere. I think some guy with orangish hair said something about fake news. Well, it's also election season, so it's that time of year when my best friend, Spam likely, is going to be trying to get a hold of me. Ah, Mr. Spam, where have you been? Seriously, you know it's an annoying call when you wish instead you could be talking to someone about warranty options on your car. Well, the Supreme Court is back in session, and the topic is affirmative action, which I have to admit is a bit Ironic, nine justices, none of whom are of Asian descent are going to be deciding whether in the name of diversity, people of Asian descent should be discriminated against in college admissions. Come on, dudes and dudettes, or I'm sorry, justice dudes and dudettes. Have you heard about the whole plank in your own eye story? Yeah, might want to check it out. Before you go walking around any tight spaces. Yeah, might be a tripping hazard. Well, we will unpack these stories and more in this week's debriefing of the law. Welcome back, Chris. Thank you for joining us. I gotta tell you, Chris, I probably need some help. Do you have do you have time on your hands here in the next couple all, of days? All I have is time, Joel. That's it sweet you might want to hop on a plane because got it i have been batching it the last week and a half almost two weeks now my wife has been gone and so you know what that means pizza uh i, I need a cleaning service oh. i need a cleaning service in a big and bad way because she is coming home here in a couple of days and i need my house clean that being said uh mm-hmm. yeah let's just talk about this a little bit let's assume your wife Goes out of town, so you have some time on your hands. What is the one thing you look most forward to doing when your wife is gone? Oh but can can we keep this PG? Can, we, can yes. we agree to keep this P okay, thank you. Yes.
1: I have a deeper love of my dog than my wife
0: does. Whoa, I don't even know where the story is nope, going. But it's you, gonna go, go on. A good places.
1: My okay. wife does not like when I rough house hard with the dog or I let the dog off leash when we're walking at a park or I let the dog sleep on the foot of the bed, any of that stuff. Okay. And though I will say that I really enjoy the fact that I can eat whatever I want without judgmental eyes. Um, actually being able to like rough house with my dog is like one of the funnest things that I okay. get to do when my wife is gone.
0: Yeah. See, when my wife is here, she actually combs the brushes the dogs every day. It takes her about an hour because they're golden doodles and you got to right. basically like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like there is no way in heck i am combing those dogs for an hour a day that is not yeah. happening but hey you know what i i said i'll just butch or i mean give them the, the whole crew cut before they get back they'll, they'll be fine but That's no right. so, you, so you like to rough house with your dogs when your wife is is gone i do
1: i do i like and i mean i like to play hard with my dog we have pit bulls So I like to I like to rage pretty hard with my, you know, wrestle, throw the ball, tug of war. Right. Push around like just and then I like to let my dogs off leash. I like them to be dogs. My wife gets freaked out because people will scream at us if they see pit bulls off leash, which they do. But I do not care as much as she does.
0: All right, well, hey, you know what? you are, maybe you're bigger so you can rein mm-hmm. your dogs in easier right. than she can. I don't know. For no. myself, I I really look forward to grilling for breakfast cuz why Ooh, not? Yes. You know what? Grill for breakfast, grill for lunch. The grill is meant to be operated all day long and yeah. of course, football non-stop. Uh, hey, you oh, have ESPN nonstop. on the morning. You have a football on in the evenings. I think you can watch football, I think Five days a week, maybe six days a week. It was oh, the NFL last... Plus.
1: Yeah, you get the NFL Plus program and you can rock it.
0: Yeah, so so that's good for me. But, of course, probably the biggest thing would be golf. I can golf without guilt whenever she yes. is not here. But, hey, you know what? I, um, I'm looking forward to her coming home very quickly. The mm-hmm. bottom line is I do need a cleaning person ASAP. So if you, sure. if you know of a cleaning person, send them my way. I'm in some serious uh, help need of help there. All right. Loves it. Chris, we have an election. We are in the middle of an election season now. Yes. And I know we're going to talk about the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has some big cases. They're they, they are, uh, arguing right now. I want, to, I want to touch on those. But this is an election season. Now, I want to challenge this assumption. You know, th- This happens a lot in life, right? People say things over and over and over. They say things so often that we just... We take it for granted that it's true, and no one ever challenges the uh, the basis on which this assumption is made, the statement is made. And so, for example, dog is man's best friend. Really? We say that a lot, mm-hmm. but is, is that really true? I mean, Chris, I have potholes yes. all over my backyard. Is yes. that something a friend? If you came over to my house, would you be digging up holes all over my backyard? How about holes in my underwear? Is that something a best friend would do? I, I'm just questioning if dogs really are men's best friend. I mean,
1: rhetorically, yes, they are. My <laughs> dog is my absolute best friend. I can tell my dog anything, and that dog will not tell anyone else. I can okay. ask that dog to do just about anything, and that dog will do it. Yes, does does my dog have some issues? Yes. Do my dog do something, stupid? My dog eats a lot of goose poop when we're on walks. Yeah, my dog's kind of dumb. My okay. best friend would not eat the goose poop off the ground. But is there anyone more loyal to me than my dog? Absolutely not.
0: All right. I almost don't even want to say this, but I'm going to say this. Yeah. Would you let your dog kiss you on the lips?
1: No, nor would I let my best friend kiss me on the lips either. He is a wonderful gentleman. Shout out to Dave Demon.
0: But no, I would not let my best friend kiss me on the lips either. My dog has a serious problem. She is always licking and licking my face nonstop. And I am like buttoning down, right? Every single, the the, the lips are clenched, you know, whatever. Because I don't want to just push her off and say no but she looks, as soon as I open up my mouth, that lizard tongue shoots right in, and the back of my teeth get a little bit of swiping action. That is absolutely not what I'm looking for. And so, yeah, I, I button it down whenever she starts her licking face. But yeah. nonetheless, so there are assumptions out there that are made, or are statements that are made that I'm just... I question whether or not they actually are true. And this is the assumption that this is the statement that's being made out there that I want to question. Again, this is election season. And the statement that we always hear during election season is this. You know what? Just vote. It doesn't matter who you vote for. Mm -hmm. Just do your civic duty and go out and vote. Just vote, vote, vote. Chris, that's horse hockey. No, don't. That do is the dumbest thing Anyone has ever said, "Don't just go vote," you know. So I, I want to I challenge that, uh, that that statement. Now, let me give you this story here first. So this was an election several years ago. It was a big time election. It mm-hmm. was at my church, and we were having church elections, and we would elect electors that would then go to the district assembly that would vote on various church matters. And so I okay. would they would pass out these ballots, and I would look at them, and I, and I would say. I have no idea who these two people are. I, I have not a clue, right? I mean, I, I went to a big church. And we had a, you know, a couple thousand people. And I'm supposed to vote on who should be the elector. So I I close my eyes. And I said, I'm going to take the top one. Or, or I'm going to go alphabetical. And then it dawned on me, hold on. What if the other person actually wanted this position? I'm just blindly casting my vote for right. whoever has the snazziest name. Chris, I am going to suggest... Not only is that wrong, that right. is something we would never do in any other context of, of our lives. Uh, let me give you an example, Chris, here. I'm going to put you on the spot here. You work at Arizona State University. Is that not correct? That is correct. Okay. Let And I've been to Arizona State University, but it's a nice area of town, whatever. But let's mm-hmm. just say you walk, this is a hypothetical, you walk down the street And there is a stoner out there on the street corner. He he is stoned half the time. He is drunk the other half of the time. Okay. Should you go to that person and say, hey, stoner, who do you think should be the next chancellor or president of Arizona State University? Would you ever do that?
1: Okay, so no, obviously, but do I get a say in who the next chancellor or president of ASU is? Not even in the slightest.
0: All right, all right, but should you give the idiot down the street a say in who runs Arizona State University?
1: I mean, That'd be be idiotic!
0: Idiot idiot is a harsh term.
1: Should I have the guy who's down (laughs) on his luck and is obviously suffering with some mental illness and substance abuse issues? Maybe not. Maybe he should make some better decisions, but... I don't know. Maybe that idiot could be the next chancellor of ASU.
0: Who knows? Okay. Okay. Well, let's say this. Let's say you are going to go uh, and you go to the, the convenience store, gas station. I don't know what kind mm-hmm. of gas station you have out there. Here, they're like yeah. mini markets or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, Keys, and, Buc- they, whatever. Yeah, and, and they specialize in in um, things that are on the rollers, like yeah. I don't even know what mm-hmm. you call Hot them. Hot dogs, uh,
1: taquitos, Cordons, yeah, whatever. exactly.
0: Would you go to the convenience store chef asking for his ideas on making sushi? Probably not. Pro- probably not. Well,
1: caveat, if I'm in Hawaii, gas station sushi is the absolute best there is. So, yes, if I'm in Hawaii. It depends on time, place, manner. But here in Arizona, okay. su- no. Hard no,
0: hard no. One last example. Let's say you run your own business. I know you have a lot of side hustles and you you run a business. Would you again go to someone who has no idea how to run your business and say, I want to give you a say, a vote in how I run my business? Chris, have I made the point that is lunacy? Well, you're missing one small little caveat, which is
1: my constitutional right to vote.
0: No, 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 we're not going there yet. We'll get there. We'll get but, there. What I'm saying is that is lunacy. Now Socrates With- spoke on this. Socrates said when you're talking about democracy, and yeah, let's. Because mm-hmm. one of the problems is you have a lot of idiots out there, and, and is it really a good idea to have idiots decide who runs the biggest economy in the world, the strongest military this world has ever seen? Is it a good idea? To give someone who is an absolute idiot, knows nothing about the election, a say. Now, I wouldn't even do that when I'm voting for an elector for our Sunday school superintendent. But we're going to do that for the leader of the free world. Chris, where am I off here? Everywhere.
1: Yes, (laughs) you need to have the idiot's ability to vote. Why? Because then you need to have leaders that actually give credence to the idiot to make sure that they're figuring out that that person isn't an idiot. You need to, in in the most powerful economy and the most powerful military this world has ever seen, which is debatable at this point. Um, Okay, fair, fair. Which is debatable, but you need to have leaders that are willing to reach out and see the person who's down on their luck or the downtrodden or the idiot, as you may say, and have a desire to include them in our democracy.
0: But, Chris, while I agree with you that the leader should care about that person, I am not sure having an idiot cast a vote who has no idea who's even running Mm -hmm. is going to actually cast the vote for the person who will show most empathy for the situation. Because it's a blind vote. It's like, hey, you know what? Which name sounds cooler? Which uh, Maybe I'm going to alphabetize my vote Mm -hmm. this time. I have no idea. There's just no connection there. And so I am saying... Maybe we should have some tests. Now, let, let's let's example here. What about this? What about if a person, when they go into vote, and I'm looking at myself here, before I'm allowed to see the ballot, maybe, I'm just suggesting maybe, I should be able to I tell you one of the names nope. on the ballot. Might that be a, nope. a, a requirement? Hey, before you cast a vote for the leader of the free world, maybe you should know a name on who's actually running nope. to be a leader of the free world. You, you, you say no. I disagree.
1: I disagree wholeheartedly. We should not be putting tests out there for whether or not people should be able to vote. We did that in the starting of this country. No, 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 no. No, no. no. We used it as a tool to exclude people, and that's what we would do again. I do not trust the United States government. I do not trust Democrats. I do not trust Republicans enough to say, you know what? I trust you guys who are in charge to start crafting a test to decide who gets to vote or not.
0: Okay, no. I, I agree with you when it says that if you look at our nation's history, some people have used test as a as a way to engage in racial you. discrimination. Right. I am totally opposed to that. One thousand racial percent, we're not We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. We are talking about the the basic requirement of should you actually know something? Should we have some criteria such that if you don't even know the names, maybe you shouldn't be casting a vote. So why encourage people to vote when they have no idea who they're voting for? So
1: voter turnout in the 2020 presidential election is the highest that it has been in a century. Yes. At 66%. When when I first started working in politics in the late nineteen hundreds, early two thousands, voter turnout was in like the mid forty percent. Okay. I don't I don't think it's a problem that people who are idiots or people who don't know what's going on are showing up to the ballot box.
0: Oh, I think it's a huge problem. I, I think the whole Twitter world I wish people actually cared about the election. I wish people actually researched the issues. Say, so, you know what, this candidate speaks mm-hmm. about the issues. I care about, so I'm going to go cast a vote for that kid. I wish that actually happened.
1: So then what we should be fighting for is harder campaign laws, is stricter campaign laws. Because let's – here in Arizona, we're a battleground state. We have billions of dollars being trickled in for ads every single day. There is no requirement for truth in advertising when it comes to political opinions, right? I drive through my neighborhood, and I don't see a vote for – x person i see x person supports obama or x person wants the trans agenda in your elementary school i see x and none of that is based in fact so if we want to have an educated voter it we need to lock down these campaign laws so that way that if you actually have a statement to make you have to back it up with credible sources and not just random opinions that you know ted cruz's dad or ted cruz is the zodiac killer
0: Chris, I, I'm not I'm not so sure you're not making my point here. I, I agree with you hundred percent right. that that we now base our our decision on who's going to run. I wouldn't even do this for my lowly business. I, I wouldn't do this for what I'm gonna make for dinner, but we're gonna allow for this kind of thought process. These these idiots who just say, Oh yeah, I saw on Twitter or I saw a campaign sign. Oh, I like that. That's a cute campaign sign. Right. No, well, the, that's so then, what we're going to use as a, as a deciding factor for who runs the yes. greatest economy, the most powerful military this world has ever seen. I am just suggesting maybe that's not the best idea.
1: I'm thinking rather than stopping people from voting, we, which is, again, a constitutional right, 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 um, right. we can affect things that aren't constitutional rights, like how you run your campaign. But we're so afraid to do that. Because, oh, that's right, the people who run campaigns are the ones that would make right. the rules against... right And,
0: and just, just so that I'm clear here, Chris, I am not actually suggesting a rule. I am a constitutional mm-hmm. lawyer, so I do get right. the problems with that. I am just challenging the assumption, is it a good idea to have an idiot go to the ballot box who has no idea the names that are on that ballot? <laughs> I'm going to cast a vote because... I think I like the A's. I like the alphabets. I like the alphabet highest mm-hmm. things. So I'm gonna pick the A over the B candidate because that name right. appears first. That's lunacy. How about research the issues? Why don't we have some some minimal requirement like you actually even tell me a name that's on the ballot before you get to cast a ballot? I don't know. Again, it's just a just an idea, a thirty thousand foot idea. Before you say, hey, I don't care what you do, just go cast your vote, do your mm-hmm. civic duty. No, your civic duty is research the issues and then go vote, but don't blindly cast a vote. All right, Chris, how about that? Can I get off my soapbox now? Go right ahead, because we could beat this horse all day long. And we got more important issues to cover. We have the college football playoff, which is going to come at the end of this podcast. And so, but first we have to talk about the supreme court the supreme mm-hmm. court was in the news this last week because they held a marathon of an oral argument this oral argument lasted five hours that's a long time I, it, they is, must it been, is for a supreme
1: court argument yeah
0: i sure hope they took a lunch break in there at some point in time or else they were really mm-hmm. some cranky judges that would be up there on that bench after a five-hour argument right. that would have started at nine o'clock in the morning but nonetheless there's two cases here these lawsuits centered on the dispute Before the court, over a 2014 challenge against Harvard College. I don't know why it's not a university yet, but it's Harvard College and the University of North Carolina. Boo, North Carolina. Big Jayhawk fan here. I'm sure that's not what this issue is about. All right. Back to it. Now, these lawsuits were brought by a group called Students for Fair Admissions. Pause right there. I like how you can come up with whatever name Name. you want to and then file a lawsuit so that way your lawsuit is, oh look, these are the students for fair admissions. How do we know that? That's what they name themselves. Exactly, so they would not be deceiving you with their name. On a complete side note, I hate the word fair.
1: Fair is where you get cotton candy, okay? Life (laughs) is not fair admissions
0: not fair none of it is fair it should be students for equitable whatever that's my anyways sorry all right all right i, I agree with you I like, go to the fair get your cotton candy whatever right. have a lot of fun go on these rides that were wheeled in on 18 wheelers and set up mm-hmm. all within like probably two hours and put your life at risk that's a whole another right. issue all right back on to our, our discussion here mm-hmm. about these two universities and their admissions practice so this group that was a students for fair admissions challenged these two universities in their use of affirmative action and their admittance of policies and so this mm-hmm. um this, this organization was was basically saying that harvard and north carolina were engaging in race discrimination because asian american applicants were less likely to be admitted than similarly qualified white black or Hispanic applicants. And so the, this organization said the, the University of North Carolina violated the 14th Amendment e- Equal Protection Clause and that the uh, Harvard violated Title VI uh, of the Civil Rights Act for discriminating mm-hmm. based upon race. So right off the bat, Chris, I need to state the obvious, and that is this. This case was about racial discrimination against people of Asian descent. And yet not one single justice on this high court was of Asian descent. Chris, why are we allowing this blatant discrimination against people of Asian descent? Now, before you go into history, let me give you a little bit of a history lesson. We actually interred people in the 1940s because of their Asian descent. We sent a nuclear bomb and we bombed a country of Asian descent. There's a lot of recent animosity and discrimination against people of Asian descent, but yet Mm -hmm. no one even mentioned that idea that you did not have a single justice of Asian descent, and this is a discrimination against people of Asian descent. You will not see that storyline anywhere. All right, that being said, I I just had to get that off of my Uh chest. All right, so here is the issue. Can't And the, the, the court had to address. Can you use race as a classification in the rate in the admittance of uh, practice? And so let's just start off here with Brown v. Board of Education. That's mm-hmm. a landmark case I'm sure everyone is familiar with. And mm-hmm. in Brown v. Board of Education, the Supreme Court said, No, when you basically discriminate based upon race, that is invidious and it is it is not allowed under our Constitution in the educational context it, it is the thought is it is not a good idea to ever classify people based upon race when they are then entitled to governmental benefits and so that that is the thought is that, that that's bad but there's another competing thought here, Chris, and that is this. We have a history of slavery in our country, and then we have a history of racial discrimination through the Jim, John Brown laws. Jim did I just Crow. just butcher that? Jim Crow laws. Thank you very Jim much for on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Jim Brown. He, he's a great running back for the he Cleveland was. Browns. Why he did was. I say that? Jim Crow laws. That's why you're on this podcast, to keep my, mm-hmm. my facts straight. So we have this history. Maybe we should allow for some some classifications based upon race as a form of reparation to cure the past evils and harms that were caused by blatant racial discrimination okay so that that's the competing thought well in the case called grutter grutter it was pronounced both ways during oral argument so i have no idea which one is right but Mm -hmm. grutter here's what the supreme court said the supreme court said okay when it comes to affirmative action we're going to allow you to classify people based upon race for a limited period of time, we we get it. You got to You got to fix this wrong from from in our nation's history. So we'll allow for this for a short period of time. In fact, I think the the majority opinion in Grutter said 25 years, which would have been 2028. 20, I uh, said so we'll allow for for classifications based upon race for a short period of time, so you can cure these wrongs. All right. So then the issue becomes before this court. Are we there? How will we know when we are there such that we will no longer use this classification based upon race Mm -hmm. when it comes to governmental benefits? All right, Chris, did I outline the issues that play in this case?
1: Yes and no. Um, I think with the Grutter, Grutter, whatever decision it was, um, I only have to give shout out because it was Justice Sandra Day O'Connor that wrote the uh, majority opinion for that. That and is this is right. Is one of, this is one of the few times, or not few times, this is one of the um, rare times that it was a 5-4 majority led by O'Connor, and then it was Breyer, Ginsburg, Soder, and Stevens who okay. concurred with her. And this was a case that was decided out of 2003, so 25 years ago, or 20, uh, 21 years ago. The issues with Grutter, as I see them, opinions of this are Chris Marones and Chris Marones alone and do not represent a comedian at Law whole. Um, is that Gruder was to correct a wrong in equity of education. Okay. And there's a big discussion between equality, racial equality and equity. And the argument I believe can be made that we haven't even touched the start of the 25 years of Gruder because the equity in education is still so, so disparaging. If you look at today and Gruder talked about law school admissions. So I work at a law school. I work at law school admissions. The, the top T14 schools have admitted their most highly credentialed and diverse classes ever, and they're still at less than 30% diverse under what, a, what um, the Civil Rights Act would consider a diverse individual or a racially diverse individual.
0: Okay, can I pause right there because yes. Tom Thomas had a question about that. Thomas uh, was saying, "I I don't even understand what What's diversity is. How will you actually know?" When you have a diverse, is it a is it a hundred percent match? Is it equal opportunity? He really right. struggled with this idea of how will we know when we get there, which I or think we... is
1: hilarious because I don't think Thomas would understand what diversity is even outside of the courtroom. So he's not a big supporter of this idea of diversity to begin with. And um, well, I think not, he is. Yeah. He just oh, has not
0: how, how do you define it?
1: I mean, how does do you not know... want to define it? He, he well, would... How, how would you? Uh, let's go with historic trends, let's go with equity partnerships, let's go with in the legal field today of the AM100 firms, if you count everything but cisgendered white males, so straight white males, which both of us fall into that category, right? Equity partners at the top 100 AM100 100 firms is less than 8%. Okay. So that could be a measuring stick, right? For just looking at the law, I can't speak to all other areas of business. But just looking at the law, I look at these numbers all the time. We could say that diversity has not been met in the legal profession, which is what Grutter turned on.
0: So right? are you saying the fact that law school, so that, zero, would zero with zero a people of Asian descent on the Supreme Court be diverse, or should we get an Asian justice on the Supreme Court
1: for the sake of? Sure, let's get it. I think we should have nine women on the Supreme Court. I think how should, would that
0: how would that be diverse?
1: It is diverse, right? Because it's difference of experience and opinion than what we've historically had. If you take a snapshot and go, look, the Supreme Court's not diverse. There's three women, five men, or four women, five men. Um, There is one African-American. There's two African-Americans. There's um, one Latina. You could say, look, the Supreme Court's sort of diverse right now. But if you look historically over these institutions, which we're trying to understand, and how does a person reach the position of Supreme Court justice? Do we have systems of equity in place that allow people to reach the, the highest law of the land? There is a myth in America that says, if I work hard enough, I can achieve the top level of goals. And that's Hold an on absolute that's not, myth.
0: That's not a myth. That is an I, I,
1: absolute myth, because that if myth. that was true, then Every single single mom, every single nurse, every single teacher would be billionaires. And LeBron
0: James would not. All right. If you're going to suggest that. In an isolated incident, in and if you're gonna look at one person, can that one person then reach, you know, Jeff Bezos' level of Jeff wealth?
1: Jeff Bezos didn't reach a level. He was given a ton of money to start his businesses, and then his wife supported him the entire time, which he later divorced. Not okay. a single billionaire made it on their own. They were all given money from old money. So uh, there is a myth of saying that if you work hard enough, you could be Jeff Bezos. Absolutely, and
0: I I get in any one situation, bad things can happen to that one person, and despite their best efforts, life just really craps on them. I I get that, so but I'm talking generally, generally, that is absolutely true. In America, you have the opportunities,
1: absolutely false. false. America, you don't have the opportunities, there's non equity issues at play here. We believe in equality where we all have an equal playing field but some people start 10 or 13 yards ahead of yourself it's it doesn't exist in this world and that's what the affirmative action tried to fix and that's why lawsuits like this in front of the supreme court are absolute bunk because they want to pick out one specific minority that says when it works for white supremacy when it works for American culture, you could say, look, Asians are the model minority, right? They've succeeded in America. They've come up in the ranks. And then when it doesn't work, look, we're excluding Asians. Well, should we,
0: what about this? Should we break up the NBA and professional sports? Because an argument could be made that that's not a diverse No demographic of the actual population. Uh, When you look at the Mm -hmm. NBA players, it's predominantly one race. And should you say, well, that's that's a bad thing? Because I've always thought that was a good thing because the best basketball players are on the court. I want to watch the best basketball players. So
1: so let's look at this. Where do the best basketball players come from? Kansas. Uh, Uh, Oh, okay, (laughs) Right. But there's certain (laughs) magnet schools that I had had, had to get a shout out to my
0: Jayhawks. Yeah.
1: Rock Chalk, baby. Rock Chalk right but there are certain high schools that are magnet schools that draw the best players African American students and students of minority descent are encouraged to go play sports rather than get involved in academia and yes there are physically gifted players that are in the NBA right now that there's what there's 32 NBA teams that roughly have 15 players per team or NFL teams you could say there's like 5,000 professional athletes right now but how many individual minority students are are being pushed to sports because that's where they can get ahead in life versus investing in education to be able to give them that equity chance to go be partners in law firms or doctors or stockbrokers or anything to that effect. We push certain people towards white-collar careers and we push certain people towards sports and certain people towards blue-collar careers. Why doesn't – and this is my favorite example. Why doesn't the military recruit – at high-end high schools? Why isn't the military at Paradise Valley High, which is the rich high school here in Arizona? Why is the military only at and recruiting at lower socioeconomic classes?
0: If I have no idea. I have a guess that is probably return of, of a ROI, right. return on investment. They, they go to these other schools, maybe they don't mm-hmm. get a lot of response. They go to they the other schools and they, and they do get, get a pushed, response.
1: Because we're pushing lower socioeconomic students into the military or into sports or into non-white collar careers because they're poor no matter right. how hard they work, they're never going to reach the level of managing partner because well, they're already starting at a disadvantage from the kids who live in the high socioeconomic well, areas. Well,
0: I have been involved in a lot of section eight housing situations personally, mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. these schools that are lower end. And I, I, I would question if anyone has ever pushed into sports. I think we all flock to sports. We all dream of being in sports. In fact, there are cuts made that no, you, you're not good enough. You can't mm-hmm. be in our sports league. We only let the best. And so I, I would question if people are actually being pushed into sports, but right. I, I do get what you're saying and maybe we are at least in my mind it's becoming clearer why this argument took five hours. There's a lot to unpack here. A lot of different views. I've tried to kind of make Thomas's point that what is diversity? How will we know when we get there? Because these are the issues the Supreme Court is going to have to grapple with. If O'Connor was right and and, uh, I assume you can go down your hall and ask her, but um, I, no, she's no longer there. I guess she, she's off sync from home now. But if she's right that classifications based upon race when it comes to governmental benefits is a thing we should avoid generally. Okay, if that's true, how will we know when we have a sufficiently diverse academic environment such that we will stop this? And and uh, at what point do we allow for discrimination against Asians for other groups? And so how do we? and weigh those two factors together. Well, we're not on the Supreme Court. Those are, (laughs) hey, I would take you and I would take myself on the Supreme Court. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, But an opinion is is expected, I believe, in June. I don't think this is going to be one of those cases that's decided early. This will be probably decided the last day of June. And most legal experts are predicting a 6-3 decision striking down on affirmative action, though I am not quite there yet myself. when I say I I predict that's what they're going to do, I think the court is going to chip away at it, but maybe not fully get away with affirmative action. Allow for it in some instances, because I don't think you can say clear across America, every single situation is identical. I don't think you can say that clear across America. I think every situation is going to be its own kind of um, battlefield, if you will. So it will be interesting to see how the court rules in this case. Will it just say, sure. hey, border to border, side, coast to coast, this uh, racial discrimination has been cured. Diversity has been cured all across the board, <laughs> or maybe in these two places. You see what I'm saying? So I don't see right. how these conservative justices will say, yes, it has been cured all over. I don't know. I, I
1: fully agree with that. And I don't think diversity is a number. Right. I don't think once we've reached 50 percent diverse or we have, you know, one Asian, one African-American, one female, one white male. You know, I don't think like that's going to happen. I think when we start seeing. Actually, I don't know. Like, I think it's going to be a more abstract idea of what, what yes. when we reach our diversity goals, what that looks like.
0: Right. And in this case, maybe the court will say something like this. Hey, you two universities, you haven't tried non-race-based categories enough. And so if you think you you have to do this, you have not proven on the record that you've tried other alternatives first. So maybe they'll do right. something like that. So it does leave open the, the avenue for affirmative action in other uh-huh. places. Right. Just in these two cases, you didn't do enough to try non-discriminatory uh, policies first. Right. All right, it let's, let's move on. And now to the next yeah. issue the Supreme Court dealt with this last week trump's tax records so here's what happened former president donald trump asked the supreme court on monday to block the disclosure of his federal income tax returns to a congressional committee and now, without this court's intervention the house committee on ways and means is is on the precipice of getting six years of donald trump's tax returns here is going to be the issue so trump is saying look we all know why this House committee wants them. It's blatantly political. Uh, look at what the statements of some of the committee leaders have said. They want to release these tax records to the public, and and, and so this is a, a separation of powers issue. But the the House committee is saying, "Oh no, that's not why we want Trump's records. Oh no, we mm-hmm. just want Trump's records because we are we happen to be doing a a study." on presidential tax returns sure that's what we're doing we're trying to create legislation in this whole area regarding Mm -hmm. the tax returns of our former presidents yeah no one's buying that no you want these tax returns to use it against donald trump we all know that's your objective and so in this case will the supreme court look past uh, and just, you know, we're going to give deference to this House committee. They say they have a legislative purpose. We're going to right. take them at their word. Or will the Supreme Court say, no, this stinks. This has not passed the smell test. We know why you want these records. You're being disingenuous with us. Because I got to tell you, I don't think Roberts likes people playing. Uh, they Political can't pass the, the, against, the. Yeah, exactly. If you can't pass the smell test, Roberts does not like that.
1: You know what would be the absolute win in all of this? Is Congress to come back and go from this day forth, from January first, twenty twenty three, um, if you are planning to run, if you file a presidential exploratory committee, federal law states that you must disclose 10 years of your taxes before you can make it on the ballot. That is okay. a completely legitimate, and then it's and then it's you're in violation of federal law if you don't. All right. Right. And then you're not him and Holly. And then that's everybody, right? That's Democrats, that's Republicans, that's independents, that's everybody. And just say there, you have to do this.
0: There would probably be a constitutional challenge saying, hey, like the Constitution sets forth the parameters, qualifications to be a president, but still right. that might not be a bad ad- I don't know what I mean, how that, the court would rule on that. That might be a valid right re- restriction. I mean, it doesn't I mean anybody could I think the constitution,
1: you know, doles out what requirements the basic requirements are to run for president, it does. I guess you're right. It could be a constitutional issue of requiring them to to give out tax returns or something to that effect. But I don't know, or or make it part of being able to participate in a debate. All right, right, make you're it, right. Yeah, make the presidential debate says that's that's the key thing. You can go and figure out ways around it rather than asking the Supreme Court to fight your political battles for you.
0: Right, right, right. All right, so the, what happened was Roberts put a temporary uh, hold on the release of his tax records, and now this is going to go before the entire court to rule on this issue. And again, uh, people got to be careful what they ask for. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. I do think the court's right. going to probably apply the smell test here, and they're probably going to question the the real motivations of these mm-hmm. committee members. Also, now this applies to this Issue. It also applies to this other issue that's also brewing, where this this House committee that's looking to the January 6th situation, uh, it wants Trump to testify. Now, one thought here is we are in the election season right now. Most experts are saying it's a foregone conclusion. The House is going to change from the Democratic control to the Republican control. So both of these issues, if Trump just simply wants to wait them out— can probably do so because once you get the new election and the new house mm-hmm. members are in there, as long as Trump can play the stall game and maybe this one, he's already out of time. It's right. If it's before the Supreme court, maybe once they rule, I do know they issued a briefing schedule, which would put the briefing past the, um, election uh, day. the election day, Six by, days. right? So uh, if you have a lame dunk, lame dunk, uh, uh Congress. Congress, yeah. Can they really require the president to turn over these documents? That would be a whole different issue. I don't know. So maybe the Supreme court just sits on this for a a month or so until the new uh, Congress gets in. One of the
1: things that really bothers me is experts saying that the house is going to flip. We, I was working with a think tank and we were trying to figure out because here in Arizona, the polling shows that Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs that are running for governor and, Um, respectively, Carrie Lake is the the Republican, and Katie Hobbs is the Democrat, that they're running neck and neck. And so the think tank that I'm working with in all of my spare time, we're going, let's track these polls. Who are the pollsters? What are the polls? Like, where is this information coming from? And what we are finding is that it's just predictions. They're not, back in the day, we used to get phone calls, right? Hi, you're a voter in the Lawrence, Kansas area. Please tell us: Are you going to be voting Republican or Democrat? Do will you be willing? Blah 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 blah. Nowadays, right. it's these. They're getting all their information from targeted Facebook ads. They're getting all their information like all these polls are like coming off of this metadata that is so targeted to give them the result of the poll that they want. You right. can't trust the polls. So when you say things like Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake are running neck and neck, no. They're running neck and neck because the Republicans for Kerry Lake have done a poll in the field that says, do you want someone who kills babies in office? And the Democrats for Katie Hobbs are going, do you want someone who wants to succeed from the union and allow for the murder of Congress members on your ticket? And it's like, this is not real polling. So it just it bothers me where they're like, oh, this is going to happen and this. No, it's not right.
0: And let's just say they call someone who is actively engaged in. I don't know, stuffing the ballot box. Are they really going to admit, oh, yeah. Hey, when you say, who am I going to vote for? mean, just me or the 100 votes that I'm stuffing in the ballot box? I. How, how much information do you really want from me? So, yeah, right. they're highly unreliable. Yeah. All right. That being said, I do agree that you really cannot rely on polling. But you, you do know historically that whenever you, yeah. the presidency is taken over by one party, at the next midterm election generally it, it switches it flips yeah. just because people get upset with whoever is in office they, right. they usually have not had enough time to fully implement their their um, a new mm-hmm. agenda if you will so things Thanks. happen they, they're held responsible they lie and liable about gas prices stuff like that yeah so you do see a flip generally at the the, at the midterm mm-hmm. election so maybe you'll see that this time as well I don't know uh, all right that be, and we've already established that idiots are going to go out there and vote so who knows what's even going to happen. Hey Socrates, right. I miss you. All right, that being mm-hmm. said, it is now time for courtroom quarterback, the real reason we're here. All right, Chris. So, there, I, there are we're a lot of different things we can talk about here during our right. football sports segment. I know you sent me a a um a link to where the Phoenix, not the Phoenix Suns, the uh, New Jersey Nets fired their coach. Oh my gosh. And now they are getting a new coach to replace him who was suspended by the Boston Celtics for engaging in inappropriate yep. language and then a relationship yep. with one of his coworkers. We don't know the details about that. All I know is that's fascinating. So you have the coach... Of, of the Boston Celtics, who led his team to, I believe, the NBA Championship they Series did. last year. Great yep. coach. Is now going to coach their main competitor. With that's KD, a, right? With, a, the, with the Slim Reaper on the team. Now, my that's, one thought. Okay. I'm going to just give this one thought, and then we're going to move on to football. But We got it. I, I, the, because of what has happened this week, it has opened up my eyes to, to a realization that LeBron James is a deserves a lot more credit than what I have been giving him. This is what I mean about that. Okay. Kyrie Irving is a mess. Yes. Wow, is he a mess? First of all, there's some anti-Semitic movie out there. I say it's anti-Semitic. I have not seen it. I have not even heard a description of what it's about, but people in the media say, oh, it's anti-Semitic, so I'm going to take their word for it. Kyrie Irving is is supporting this movie, so why would he be doing that? That's mess number one. Also, remember when he uh, came over to the Nets? He basically said about his head coach, "We don't even need a head coach. Right. We, we can just kind of do this on himself." So the star player is supporting anti-Semitic movies. It's saying, right. "I don't even need a head coach." It's a mess of a situation. In that with that kind of a player, LeBron James won a couple of titles. Yep. Hey, LeBron, my, I tip my hat to you. That is way more impressive than what I thought it was at first glance. All right, that no, being real. said. For real. The college playoffs they came out with their rankings of this last week. Uh, and so I, I know you watch the uh, – you, you follow the, the rankings here. I follow them. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I am ticked off because of the the blatant uh, bias that you see in these, in these rankings against – the Big Twelve and the Pac-12 teams, and, and right. so l- let me just here, Chris. I'm going to lay this on the line here. This is what I'm worried about. I am worried that what the committee has set up here are three teams, three SEC mm-hmm. teams in the college football playoffs. Chris, yep. if that happens, if they have three teams. I am no longer I'm not for watching the playoffs. I am gonna boycott them. I will recommend everyone to boycott the playoffs if they get three SEC teams. You might be thinking, Joel, how will they get three SEC SEC how? teams in? This is how. Number one is Tennessee. Number two, actually I think number three is Georgia. Number three number is six Georgia. is Alabama. Okay, let's just suppose this this situation happens. Let's suppose that this week Georgia barely beats Tennessee. All right, Tennessee was number one. If they barely lose to Georgia, how far is Tennessee falling? One spot, maybe two at maybe, best. Maybe, yeah.
1: Maybe, eh, right?
0: Yeah. If they if they, I'll they give lose you that. closely to the number three ranked team. They're not yeah. dropping far, right? No, they, they just won. They, they already beat Alabama. They can't drop below Alabama, right? Right. So they okay.
1: could they could jump to three or four. I could see that. Right.
0: They'll drop there. Okay. Georgia probably would then go to number one. Tennessee does not play a nether tough game no. the rest of the year. They would not no. play in the, the SEC championship game. That would be Georgia since Georgia beat them. Okay. Yep. so Let's suppose Alabama then plays in the SEC championship game and beats Georgia in a closely fought game. You see okay. what I'm saying there? We're so now out, Alabama yeah. is the SEC champion. They're in Georgia beat Tennessee they are in Tennessee beat Alabama and lost a closely fought game to number one Georgia. They in. are in three SEC teams in mm-hmm. the the college playoffs. I would boycott and not watch a single right. game. Chris, does I, that mean, do, Does that mean we all have to be Ohio
1: State fans at that point? Because I don't. I don't know if I'm okay with this.
0: I oh, don't, let's talk. I, let's talk about Ohio State. I don't Ohio, know. I, I would hate that. I would become an Ohio State fan if that happened. Would. But actually, I, w- I wouldn't even care. I would not even follow. I'd be so mad about the system. It's like, no, this right. is not even right. I'm not following this. All right. But that being said, let's talk about Ohio State. Ohio State is ranked number two. Okay. Yes. Michigan is ranked number five. Right. TCU, the Big 12 leader who's had four, four high quality wins, is number seven. Hold on. Number seven. Oh, it's TCU with four high-quality wins, number seven. Oh, oh, it's because the Big Ten, they, they, they played better teams. Have they? Have you nope. seen who Ohio State and Michigan has played? Nobody. Let me give you a clue. Nobody. Nobody. Michigan Nobody. has, they've only played one ranked team, Penn State. Now, they did beat Penn State. Ohio State has only beat one ranked team. That would be Penn State. Mm-hmm. That's it. That that's it. Maybe Penn State should be a little
1: higher up on the thing because they obviously are you know they're getting the beat screen. by good teams. Exactly. Move them up.
0: Move All them right, up. You might be saying you might be saying, oh Joel, it's because we don't really have a lot of comparators. Oh, hold on one second here. Let me give you some comparators. It shows you the big 12 knows how to play. Texas, who I cannot stand, played Alabama. Mm-hmm. Do you know, do you know how close that game was? I don't remember, what? but it was 20. 20- to 19, a yep. one-point win right. by Alabama. Alabama Barely. probably should have lost that game. Indeed. That means Texas and Alabama are neck and neck. So mm-hmm. Texas is clear at the bottom of these good quality 24th. teams in the Big 12. So why are we saying the SEC is that much greater than the Big 12 when Texas, who is nowhere near the top of the Big 12, basically mm-hmm. played neck and neck with Alabama? Hold right. on. K-State played and SEC school, Missouri. Do you mm-hmm. know what the outcome of that game was? K-State a shellacking. Won. It wasn't not just a win, a shellacking. Mm-hmm. K-State took it to Missouri. It wasn't even close. I don't have the score in front of me, but trust me, it was a three-score win. It was the mm-hmm. blue Missouri out. Missouri then played neck and neck with Georgia. Mm-hmm. So you see what I'm saying here? The Big 12 has played competitive games against right. the SEC and beaten the SEC, so mm-hmm. why is it the SEC is like, oh we got to have three of their teams in the top six and no Big Twelve teams? It's right. bias, and I I don't yeah. like how they are setting this up. That being said, all right, I'm gonna get off my soapbox here. Let's take a look at these um, uh, the, these, the the college playoff rankings. Number one, you have Tennessee. Now I yep. don't have a problem with that just because. Tennessee has beaten a lot of good teams. They, they actually, whatever it's worth, Pretty they short. actually have beaten them. I know you have a problem with Tennessee. Number one. Why do you have a problem with Tennessee being number one?
1: Yeah. Cause they're not like at the end of the day, they're not, they don't have really any standout, anything other than this season. They've upset a couple people and, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Also, I have to point out that my oldest brother went to Tennessee, so I have to hate them <laughs> purely on sibling rivalry. And he was in Knoxville this last week sending me texts about the game, and I was just like, "No, no, no, no." So, right. I have a sibling rivalry, and I don't think Tennessee I think it's hype, right? Yeah, put them in the CFP. See what happens. They're going to start playing more difficult teams. Yeah, they pulled it out against Alabama, but There was a lot of mistakes made on the Alabama side. Tennessee just was playing top of their game, and Alabama was playing mediocre, which is what Alabama has done this entire season. So it is what it is. But I don't think that that automatically catapults the Vols up to number one.
0: All right. Number two is Ohio State. I already told you I have a big problem with Ohio State being number two. Who have they beaten? Notre Dame, who's a train wreck, and that was like the first game of the season when Notre Dame had a brand-new coach, really struggled out of the gate. They beat Notre Dame 21-10. That is a real unimpressive win. And then, of course, as we mentioned earlier, they beat Penn State. Georgia, I have here on my tally one win. That's against Oregon. And that yeah. was also the very first game of the year before Oregon. They had a, a new quarterback there, a Knicks, and so they really were just trying to figure things out. But nonetheless, um, Georgia did beat Oregon. No other real high quality wins. Of course, that will that will fix once they play Tennessee this weekend, right? Of course, Cle, Clemson. Okay, who did they beat? Wake Forest, mm-hmm. North Carolina State, and Syracuse. All three of those wins against real lackluster teams. We're close game. So Clemson really hasn't been that impressive no. of late. And I don't know why they have Clemson up there. I guess it's the name Clemson. But why are you putting Clemson above TCU? T-C-U. Who knows? No basis for that. No basis. All right. Michigan number five. The biggest joke of the, the rankings is Michigan at number five. They have beaten nobody. Look at their nope. non-conference record. Look at their conference record. They beat Penn State. That is it. All right, then you got Alabama, a one-loss team who's above TCU. So, all right, there you go. All right, I I need to mention this. It's all there. And this is just because I am – this is a news item this last week, and it's just – I don't know why I keep beating this dead horse. I guess maybe I'm just hoping we can go back in history and change things. Mm -hmm. So, the Big 12 signed a TV contract this week with ESPN and Fox worth – A minimum of $50 million per Big 12 team per year. I I just got to tell you right now, UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, they're going, wow, really? We walk into this where we're getting Mm -hmm. $50 million a year. I I did a little Google research, and do you know how much money the SEC gets from their TV contracts right now? I do not. $44 million a year. Big, uh, and the ACC, do you know how much money they're getting right now? 17, about the... 17 okay. million a yeah. year. Uh, all right, the um, the, the Pac-12, $31.4 million yeah. a year. Now, I do know that some of these other contracts outside of the ACC will be renewed here in the next couple of years, so I'm sure they will jump ahead of the Big 12. My point right. here is this. Hey, Nebraska, Texas, Oklahoma, why did you leave? I mean, you left a really good situation where you had traditional rivalries. You have big money payouts here. To go to the SEC, why would you do that? I think these decisions to leave conferences, they're made by the presidents because, oh, look, we're going to get X amount of dollars more. It's not being made by the ADs or the the, the coaches because I think the coaches and the fans, they want to stay in the conferences. And look, the Big 12 now, gets the most amount of money as a payouts from their TV contract. So right? any thoughts on that?
1: I it, it, That's why it's always going to come back to how the CFP is set up is because the money is going to be there, right? That's where the CFP is all centered around viewership and money, and that's where it's at. So it, it absolutely kills me. Absolutely right. kills me that that's where it's at.
0: All right. We got to wrap things up here, but not before. I give you a little shout-out for your mm-hmm. great week this last week. You were 4-2 in your picks. Finally, Great week. So that brings your record now up to 13-19 and 19 for the season. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? Uh, you, you still have time to, to make things happen. Uh, mm-hmm. I was 3-4. and four. I will say two of my losses were by, were by a half a point. Oh, so rough. that could have been 5-2, and two, if not a half a point. Well, that's why right. you don't gamble. But that being right. said, uh, let's go ahead and look at our picks for this week. Let me just kind of go over my picks here. Uh, So these are my week 10 picks. Uh, We have the Texans plus 13 over the Eagles. That's a rough one. Yeah, the Jets plus 13 over Buffalo. And the Bears plus five over Dolphins. Why did I pick those three schools? I know this because they're home underdogs. Home dogs. I'm telling you, I like like the home dogs. You do. I'm trying to pursue this as a theory this year. Whenever I see a, a home dog that just strikes me as going, I like that team. That's a good team. I think they're going to show up. If you are a good team and you show up, even though you're the underdog, I think you're more likely to cover that spread. The Texans, 13 points over the Eagles. I think here's what's going to happen. I think the Eagles are so good, they're due to uh, 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 to look past the Texans. I, just, I see them looking past this well, game, and I think the Texans might points. be able to cover
1: Right, like, it's such a large margin. Like, I think the Eagles could win this game easily, but they're not going to be going full force. You know, Jalen isn't going to try to hurt himself beating the Texans. Right, right. I, I
0: And you see that these are all professionals, and you see right. this a lot during the second half of the seasons right. where the teams that say, oh, we have something special going on. We're going to go play in the playoffs. They kind of take weeks off during the season. Right. And, and they don't bring their A game because they know they have bigger games to play while the Texans... They're playing for their contract now. they got to right. bring it. It's like, hey, pain. you know what? We're not losing anything. Our season's already lost. So sometimes in these type of games, you see them a lot closer. So I, right. I, that's the gut I have with right. this game. I like the Jets. I think the Jets have a great record of this this year. They're 13-point they're right. dogs at home to Buffalo. So I, I just, again, I, I did the home dog thing here. The Bears right. and the Dolphins, that one worries me because I really like the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins have got to go into this year. They're past right. the whole concussion gate thing that, that, that plagued them mm-hmm. in the earlier on, and the Bears are struggling. And so the Dolphins just picked up a really great defender at the trade deadline. They're, right. they're, they're, they're lined perfectly to go play in the Super Bowl, which I will give you this, Mount. I will say this. Most likely, the Bills are going to win the home field advantage in the playoffs, right? Yes. Yes, okay. very much so. That means you look at the other conference champions, and, and so you, you're looking at uh, the uh probably the next two conference champions would be the Chiefs yes. and the Dolphins. And then yep. the fourth conference champion would probably be the Ravens or whoever wins that division. Yeah. That means the Chiefs will likely play the Dolphins week two in the playoffs. Yep. That's going to be a good game. Tyree Kill game. against oh, yeah. Back, the Chiefs. Yes, see what I'm oh, saying yeah. there? It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Tyree drama. Kill. Yeah, that would be a great drama. So look forward sure. to that. I have the Seahawks. I just like what Seattle's doing this year. They're I got to tell well. you. They're doing well. Wow. I mean, they lost Russell Wilson. And right. they, they got a ton of draft picks as compensation. And they improved their, their quarterback Bron- play. They did. Wow. Broncos Amazing country. story there. And I think the Cardinals, your team, they're gonna be firing their coaches soon. Uh soon. All right. so you have the Titans plus 12 and a half over the Chiefs. Let me just tell you this one. I know that people are gonna say Andy Reid is really good the week after the bye week. He does he is yes. good. His That's record after the bye. I know 12 and a half points against the Titans. The Titans always have our number. Now, a couple of things though just to throw out there, the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry, their star running Mm -hmm. back, rushed for over 200 yards last week. I think he tied OJ Simpson as having the most 200 yards rushing games in his career. Mm -hmm. When you rush for over 200 yards, that takes a wear and tear on your body. So maybe Henry will be too sore to have that much of an impact this week. So maybe that's the reason to pick the Chiefs. I don't know. One other thought I want to throw by you: Andy Reid's son, Britt Reid, was just sentenced to three years in jail over his mm-hmm. involvement of being drunk driving yep, and the severely record. hurting that, that poor girl. Yep. And so surely that's going to weigh on Andy Reid's mind. Might of he course. be distracted this week? I don't know. I'm throwing that out there. That uh, I, I'm picking the Titans, um, not to win, but to cover the cover. 12 and a half points oh, yeah. here is my guarantee of the week. Kansas State University okay. just shellacked Oklahoma State last week. I yep. mean, 48-0. to zero. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so this week they play another home game against Texas, and Texas is okay. favored? By by 2.5. I don't get that. It's a score. It's a so score. You know what? K-State's going to win this game outright. Yep. They're going to embarrass Texas. And so, hey, if you get two and a half points, that's my guarantee of the love week. love it. I love it. All right. All right. Let's, let's take a look at your picks.
1: All right. So I'm actually going to go with Buffalo over the Jets. I think, um, you know, Buffalo coming back after their bye week and performing the way they did this last week, it's just going to improve. Stefan Diggs didn't have the greatest game last week, and neither did Josh Allen. So I think they're going to step it up and take down the Jets 13 points plus. I'm going to agree with you with the Titans, 12.5 over KC. That's not, I mean, that's not a controversial talk, man. KC's still going to win, but not by more than 10 um taking the eagles over the texans just because i really just want the eagles to win so i can get improved <laughs> on my picks right i'm not betting against the eagles bengal's are doing horrible horrible but they're still doing better than the panthers so panthers you know mortgaged out their future they did have a good showing last week but i think the bengal's are going to show up over the panthers and then it's a gimme. It's the Lions. The Packers should beat the Lions. And if they don't, Aaron Rodgers should be ran out of the league. If they do not beat the Lions by four points, Aaron Rodgers should be gone. And then my last pick is going to be Georgia over Tennessee. As discussed earlier, Sean, your team sucks. And you heard it here first, okay? All right. They suck.
0: There you go. All right. Hey, Chris, have a great week. Say hi to Sandra. Uh, if you see her down down the hallway. Do. Yeah. we we'll, we'll I see talk Sandy
1: all the time. Hey, Sandy,
0: it works out. (laughs) There you go. All right, have a great week. Talk to you next week. We'll see you next week.